Hello and welcome to my VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk to veterans in the central Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Leash, your host with Greg Tucker. We have with us today a veteran from the Dayton area, Vince Deck, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran who now volunteers his time with the Disabled Veterans of America. Great to see you here today, Vince. Well, thank you. It's good seeing you as well, Scott. Yeah. Uh, before we get to know more about you, we're going to put you to the test. Oh. It's time to play Don't Tell Me. I think I know that. That game where we put our guests to the test of their military trivia. A game where listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutia like ours is. Uh, are you ready to take that challenge? I'm ready. All right, Vince. It's time! Okay, here's your first question, Vince. We know you're a, a Marine, but we're going to ask you some Army questions to see what your overall knowledge of military trivia is. So where is the largest army base in the United States in terms of population? Would it be Fort Apache, Fort Bragg, Fort Hood, or Fort Worth? Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg is the correct answer. Fantastic, yes. Fort Bragg in North Carolina is the largest military base in the world. It covers 332 square miles and is home to more than 50,000 active duty personnel. That's quite a, quite a large installation there. Now your next question. Who was the first general to be promoted to five-star rank in the U.S. Army? Would that be George Marshall, Dwight Eisenhower, Omar Bradley, or General Payne? Um, Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower, is that your final answer? Yes, it is. Oh, no, wrong. It's actually George Marshall was promoted to general of the Army on December 16, 1944. His leadership in Europe and the Pacific was pivotal to the Allied forces' success in World War II. Okay, didn't get that one, but I think you're going to get this one. Now, here's your final question. What's the official song of the United States Army? Would that be, the Army goes rolling along... The Quezon song, Let's Peel More Potatoes, or The Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy? The army goes rolling on. That's right. Excellent. The official song of the U.S. Army was first written in 1908 and titled The Quezon Song in 1917. It was rewritten into a march called The Field Artillery Song. So it's almost a trick question there for you. However, when the U.S. Army adopted in 1956 as the official song, it was renamed The Army Goes Rolling Along. So you, you even got the trick question right. Fantastic. So Greg, what are we going to get Vince for doing a great job with all those questions? For Vince answering all of those questions correctly, we have a set of four Dayton VA Industrial Strength chip clips designed by nasa's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey or wherever you may be traveling in the near future compliments of the dayton va and those are some really industrial strength chip clips do not get your fingers caught in them we, we have to warn everybody about those so 
Those are your chip clips. Uh, and let me tell you, they're well sought after. We have lots of folks, uh, when, when we go out in the public uh, with our outreach efforts, they're always looking for the chip clips. So I hope you enjoy those and put them to good use. So we're going to take a quick break here before we continue talking to Vince Deck. Tonight, nearly 40,000 veterans across the country are homeless. These men and women have pledged to serve our nation, and now we must serve them. Landlords across the country have helped make significant progress in reducing veteran homelessness by making housing available, but there is more that we can do to bring our veterans home. Visit www.va.gov homeless to see how you can get involved. And if you are a veteran and you are experiencing homelessness, please call 877-4-AID-VET. Thank you. And we're back with Marine Corps veteran Vince Deck. Vince, tell us a little bit about the Disabled American Veterans Program. Well, Disabled American Veterans Program, which I am a part of the volunteer services um, at the Dayton VA Medical Center, and I'm the hospital representative, and I have three deputies that um, we um, uh, do different duties there at the hospital. Sometimes they drive the golf cart. Sometimes uh, they're up in ICU waiting on uh, patients, families to help them, whatever they need. And up in the ICU waiting room as well, we have snacks and stuff that we pass out to the families and uh, water. Um, then also down, we, we do work down in um, hospice and... Uh, we put refrigerators in all the rooms for the families to put their um, food and stuff in it when they're visiting their loved ones. So you're talking about a golf cart. Uh, you said you drive the golf cart around, but you don't say why you're driving a golf cart. And we're not out on the golf course. What are you right. doing? Well, what we're doing with the golf cart, we're uh, picking up uh, veterans out in the parking lot that uh, can't walk. Some are disabled with uh, canes and walkers and stuff. And we stop, pick them up, take them to the front uh, door, drop them off, and then we take other veterans who are leaving the hospital back to their vehicles as well. Right. And you, uh, you do more than just volunteer at the Dayton uh, Medical Center. There's other things you do for the disabled American veterans, right? Yes. Um, I uh, go to food banks twice a week, and I take uh, uh, bread from Panera Bread over on Wilmington Pike in uh, Dayton there, and I take uh, bread to church over on trying to think of the name of it's the the baptist church there off of 35 in dayton and then also i take bread uh to the fish it's called fish and they uh uh, feed uh uh, the general public and veterans because there's a lot of veterans that go there as well the way i understand because i talked to a lady the other day and she said that they get a lot of uh, veterans through the door and that's in uh, Xenia. And also, keep in mind, uh, it's called Fish, and it's on Cincinnati Avenue in Xenia. And on Saturdays, they uh, ask for all the veterans who need assistance with food to just come over there in the morning about 9 o'clock, and they have coffee and everything, donuts for you. And then you get a cart and you push it around the and building. So, and, and so they're getting food from the food pantry there at Fish? Correct. Yeah. And right. uh, a little time for interaction and yeah. fellowship. Sure. Yeah. Well, terrific. Uh, 
That's just a couple of the things you do. I think you are probably one of the busiest people I know. Do you ever, I, I don't know when you find time to sleep, actually. Do you sleep? <laughs> yeah, I, I sleep. Uh, sometimes I sleep good and sometimes I don't sleep very good. And sometimes I I dream about the things I need to do and I wake up and I start doing and it. And you get to it right away. Yep. Absolutely. So how many hours do you volunteer a week, approximately? Well, because it seems that, to me that, like it's more than a full-time job, more that, than your 40 hours a week. That's really hard to say because I do a lot of things after I leave the VA, uh, to, you know, to help veterans and stuff. So I can't really give you an exact number on hours. Yeah, but you've got quite a few in every week. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of people who really appreciate that. I know that you were not too uh, long ago actually... Uh, nominated for a national award, correct? Yes, uh, it was like four days ago. Um, I was a nominated for Volunteer of the Year uh, with the Disabled American Veterans. So I'm assuming they'll be announcing that award before too long as to who the actual winner is. Well, I'm not really sure how that works. It goes through national, and uh, I, I imagine there's quite a few people who were up for the draw, so I'm not really sure. I, I'm thinking maybe... They might know within the next two or three months. Okay, terrific. Vince, uh, tell us about your calling to the military. Well, my calling was um, I didn't really know about my status at the time to go in the military because I found out I was a 4F, which I was exempt from military service. And uh, a good friend of mine, uh, he called me up one day and asked me if I would go buddy plan with him. And I told him I would, and uh, I told him I, I want to jump out of airplanes. I want to be a paratrooper, and he says, no way. So he says, I'm just <laughs> going to go in the military and take whatever they give me. So he ended up in uh, two different uh, infantry units in Vietnam, plus he was a door gunner. He received the uh, Bronze Star, and then uh, when he went in, I decided I wanted to go into the Marines, which was always in the back of my mind because of my father. And my father fought in uh, Battle of Midway in 43, and he was injured. Then he went uh, to Oakland, California, to the Naval Hospital, and he was in there like six or eight weeks, not weeks, months. And then after that, he was uh, released. And then in 1952, my father passed away from his injuries uh, from the war. So when I went down to join the service, they told me that I wasn't eligible because I was sole surviving son, and I didn't really know what that was. And he said, the only way you can get into the military is if you wait until you're 21 when you become an adult, or you can take this waiver, exemption waiver, and whoever your legal guardian is, to sign it. Well, I told him I'd be back tomorrow. And then when I showed that paper to my mother, she looked at me and said, there ain't no way I'm signing this <laughs> I'll paper. bet she didn't. <laughs> so it took me a while, and then right. she finally signed it, and I went into the, the Marine Corps. So now your dad, was he a Marine also? Yes, my father was a Marine, yeah. and that's where he got injured in uh, the Battle of uh, Midway during 1943. Any other family members, sir? Oh, I, 
Yeah, my dad and his four brothers were all in the military. They all served proud, proudly. Uh, my uncles, all my uncles were in the military. Um, two of my uncles were Army, one airborne, the other one infantry. And the one who was infantry fought in uh, European theater, and uh, he received the Bronze Star. And then I had a couple other uncles that were at Emo Jima, and my uncle Tommy ran off the landing boat uh, during the first wave of the battle, and then my uncle George, his brother, drove the landing craft to the shore. That's a little history on my family. You have a family of service. Uh, first, we want to say thank you and your family for, for your service to a grateful nation. Yeah. What was some of the things that you felt that you learned in the military that you brought back into your uh, civilian life or in, back into the world? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I went into the Marine Corps and I wanted to do, do the best I could, which I did. Uh, I ended up, you know, honorably discharged. I'm medical retired uh, from injuries from Vietnam, Agent Orange, cut barrel lids out, and uh, the barrel lid fell in, inside the barrel. And I told my sergeant there's some kind of oil in here. And he said, ah, just wipe it out. It ain't going to hurt you, you know. And I says, well, okay. A couple of weeks later, I started breaking out really bad, and under my arms and uh, my other area, you know, um, I started breaking out um, with pus and burning and bleeding and whatever, you know, and then I had things growing on my skin. So they decided to medevac me out of there, and uh, I was up in uh, um, Great Lakes Naval Hospital after I got back from Vietnam, and I was up there about three or four months. So then I had to go in front of uh, the medical board, and the guy that I stood in front of, he was at one time the secretary of the VA, Jesse Brown. And uh, anyway, he told me that I had to... Uh, I was going to be on a temporary discharge, TDRL. So he said I would have to come back to Great Lakes every six months and have a re-evaluation. So after the four years was up, because it was a four-year thing, and the last examination I did, they said, just go home and wait until you hear something from headquarters Marine Corps. And then about a month later, I received, well, a couple months later, I would say, I received this big package, and it was a big red book signed by the Commandant of the Marine Corps, and I was medical retired honorably. So to get back to why I do what I do today, um, what I do is because I learned discipline, respect, when I was in the Marine Corps, and um, unfortunately, I had a short tour in the Marine Corps because I wanted to go on to become a pilot. I saw Phantom Jets and I had to get in one, but it never happened, so I just got medical retired. But um, Let's talk about that medical retirement for a second. You, you actually have uh, a documented case that you uh, probably should talk to us a little bit about. Uh, what, what was it that they had actually diagnosed for you? Well, at that time, 
it seemed to me it was like hush-hush type of thing because when I was medevaced that morning, I talked to my colonel because he called me in and he says, I'm going to send you into NSA hospital in Da Nang. And he gave me a note and the note said that this um, soldier was in my presence this morning good soldier, good worker, etc. if you can't control his condition from the past six or seven familiar cases, medevac. And those cases were connected to what? Agent Orange. Agent Orange. You just showed me uh, a little while ago a medal that you had just received from the Agent Orange Foundation, I believe, correct? Sure, sure. Yeah, and so what we're talking about here is a, is a veteran who... Um, was discharged and didn't quite know exactly what had happened. Didn't quite exactly know what happened to him, uh, but uh, we actually found out later on that, yes, it was Agent Orange. And that's not an uncommon story sometimes that veterans experience uh, some kind of medical discharge or some kind of condition, and they don't know, uh, first off, what that is. So uh, you actually... Uh, basically had, had gotten that diagnosis and then uh, were given uh, treatment right away for that, correct? Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and when we come back, we'll hear more about Vince's story. My name is Corporal Bradley Joseph Seitz. Jerry Reed. Kate Weber. These are real veterans facing a real challenge. I have PTSD. And I have PTSD. I have PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. I was still in a war zone in my mind. But treatment can turn your life around. Treatment has really saved my life. To learn about PTSD and how treatment can help you, call your local VA medical center or visit ptsd.va.gov. And we're back with Vince Deck. Hey, Vince, um, you were telling us a little bit about your experience uh, being exposed to Agent Orange and your diagnosis and your military uh, honorable medical discharge. Um, that basically led you to the VA, correct? Yes. I'll tell you. What happened was I used to live in Maslin, Ohio, which I live in the Dayton area. And through the years... I had a lot of problems with PTSD, and um, I ended up getting a divorce from my wife, and, you know, that's rough. Uh, having a divorce is like a death. So I'm saying to myself, how did I do this? So I decided I'm going to move down to Dayton, Ohio, because I had a good friend up in Maslin that told me that there was a good program at the Dayton VA Medical Center, PTSD. So I came down here, I enrolled into the program, and I've been going to PTSD group. People bent over backwards and helped me with all of my problems, but I still have problems because when you have PTSD, PTSD never goes away. PTSD can only be controlled, and I learned this. It took me a while. I've been to anger management like five times. So I learned how to control my anger and become a better person and to respect people. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, then I got involved with the DAV pretty heavy down here in Dayton, which I wasn't really into the 
DAV that heavy, but I've been a member of the DAV since I came back from Vietnam. And anyway, up here in Dayton, I, um, one guy, he says, man, you look like you could be a commander. And I'm saying, commander of what? He says, of oh, the DAV. And I says, uh, all right. Add your bet. So <laughs> I became the commander. And uh, anyway, then I got talked into becoming a deputy for the hospital rep, which was a fellow named, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of his name, Jim Fortune, which Jim is no longer with us. And he thought I would do a good job as hospital representative. And I was approached three times for that job, and I turned it down because I didn't have no idea how to go about doing any of that stuff. And then once I became the rep, I really got deep into it, and uh, I helped get a uh, golf cart for the hospital. So when our drivers go out and pick up veterans in the parking lot, they have something to pick the guys up and take them to the front door and then take them back to their cars. And then right now at the present time, I uh, was asked to help the Dayton National Cemetery Honor Squad for a, a vehicle. And they have a van now, and I didn't think it would be appropriate to get them another van because of the stories that I heard about guys falling out, getting hurt, and all that. So I put my plans together and came up with a mini bus. And this mini bus should be done within the next couple of weeks. And if you go out to the Dayton VA, you will definitely notice it. And uh, hopefully we get it all together here. And, and what do they use that mini bus for? Well, that mini bus for the National Honor Guard. Uh, squad rather on a squad um, they perform uh, ceremonies for the falling uh, veterans there at the Dayton uh, VA Medical Center which they do at the average of five a day and about 12,000 I believe a year that's a that's a large undertaking and they have some equipment that they have to carry to those to those locations as well correct Correct, and I'll tell you that National Cemetery is the most beautiful cemetery you could ever see, and that thing is spotless, and them guys work hard out there, and they're wonderful people, and I know the director personal, personally, rather, um, Doug Ledbetter, he's a good man, and he's got a good crew out there working for him. So tell us, if you could, what has been the most um, amazing experience you've had out there at the Dayton VA helping and volunteering? Well, that would be hard to say because there's too many. Well, narrow it down to one for us, if you could. Well, okay, I would say hospice. Hospice is pre presently, I believe, in Building 320. And when you walk into the building... You go, as soon as you get in the building, you go to your left, right, to your right, I'm sorry, to the right. And then uh, there is a courtyard in the center of hospice, beautiful flowers and things like that. And uh, there's a couple trees in there, I believe, flagpole, nice uh, landscaping, 
the flowers. And uh, I think they grow vegetables and stuff in there too as well. Somebody does anyway. And then in the very center, I uh, assembled a uh, uh, beautiful statue for the loved ones that take their loved ones out there and in the in the uh, courtyard, you know, talk and visit with their loved ones before they pass on. And uh, it's really beautiful. It's an angel. It's about six foot tall. It's on a pedestal. It's concrete made of uh, concrete and uh, fiberglass uh, fibers in it so it doesn't crumble and stuff. Then I also bought a uh, um, a grill so they can grill in the summertime, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs. And then I put uh, new refrigerators in all the rooms. There's like 14 rooms, uh, 3.2 refrigerators in each room. And refrigerators in what kind of rooms? Where, where are those rooms at? And where the veteran is that's uh, in hospice, the hospice rooms. Yeah, and then also I bought four comfort carts for each uh, room. I'm going to try to get more money together so I can put comfort carts in each room. Right now we uh, bought four, and I think that ran me about a 1000 or something. And uh, we're always looking for donations. So if you want to make a donation, you know, just uh, call down to the VA and get a hold of volunteer services and talk to somebody down there that you'd like to make a donation to help out there at the hospice. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, you know, you've done a lot of great work. You're always uh, out there doing something for the veterans and for the community at large, and we greatly appreciate uh, all your hard efforts. I just want to Thank you again uh, for coming out today. Uh, we were talking to Marine veteran Vince Deck and uh, had some great stories from you, Vince. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was in the military. I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 2159, to enroll, or visit dayton.va.gov. The Dayton VA Medical Center helps veterans overcome substance use problems from unhealthy alcohol use to life-threatening addiction. They match their services like counseling, group therapy, or medication to a veteran's specific needs. And these services are available at multiple convenient locations, not just the Dayton VA Medical Center campus, but also at community-based outpatient clinics in Lima, Middletown, Richmond, and Springfield. Veterans find help on their recovery journey through outpatient and inpatient services. The VA's residential facility helps veterans deal with substance abuse, homelessness, mental health, and unemployment through its 24-hour therapeutic and educational programs like rehabilitation, health maintenance, community support. No matter what you are experiencing, treatments and resources are available. The VA offers treatment options that are proven to be very effective and many types of professionals at the Dayton VA can help treat substance use. Evidence-based therapies are among the most effective treatments, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, 
motivational interviewing, and motivational enhancement therapy. Just like diabetes or hypertension, substance use disorder is a chronic disease that can be treated with medication. The VA offers proven options for controlling alcohol and drug addiction, including medications that can reduce cravings, prevent relapse, and reduce the risk of death from substance use disorder. Research has shown that behavioral therapy in combination with medication is the most effective treatment for opioid use disorder. Patients undergoing therapy who also use the treatment are more likely to remain in treatment and see improvements in social functioning. If you feel you might need help or know a veteran who needs help, talk to a health care provider today to learn more about treatments for substance use problems. And remember, the Dayton VA Medical Center is here to help. We want to help. Call today at 937-268-6511. We want to thank again uh, our Marine veteran, Vince Deck, uh, for taking time to tell his story and experiences with the Dayton VA. And that's going to wrap up this session of My VA Dayton. Thank you for listening. We want to hear from you. Love to hear your story. So if you are a vet or you know of a vet uh, with an interesting story to share, email us at myvadayton at va.gov. So until next time, I'm Scott Lease. I'm Greg Tucker. This is My VA Dayton.